0: Hello and welcome back, my friends, to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I am your host, Mike Brancatelli, the one and only Mike Brancatelli. Uh, I, I think I'm not, don't, I mean, there might be other Mike Brancatellis out there, but let me, let me tell you, I can assure you, there's no other fucking Mike Brancatelli out there like me, okay? Just like there's no other you out there like you. Sure, there might be a lot of audiences, there might be a lot of listeners. But they're not just a glob, just a mass of of robots. No, they're individuals with thoughts, opinions, feelings, and brains all to themselves. So thank you to each and every single one of you individual beautiful people out there for strapping on your headphones and jamming these things into your ear holes and letting my voice seep in there, into your brain, causing your neurons to fire, your synapses and whatnot. Maybe other things firing. Uh, but thank you. Uh, thanks for, for, for tuning into the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Uh, got a great episode today. I uh, I am thrilled to release this episode. And uh, I got I to gotta give a shout out to uh, listener Matt. So thank you, Matt, uh, for introducing me to our guest today, Miguel Connor, host of Aeon Bite. Gnostic Radio. Uh, Miguel's a fascinating guy, and uh, thank you to Matt, who reached out to me, sent me an email, and said that, that uh, he thinks that I should have Miguel on the show, that it would be a good conversation. Man, do I love the, the connection of the internet. I love the ability to, to reach out there and to communicate with you guys. I love when you guys reach out to me and communicate to me, and then we make awesome shit happen. And isn't it just so fun to make awesome shit happen? I mean, what other what other better way to live than just to live with with always trying to make awesome shit happen? <laughs> I, man, man, am I really poetic? Well, this is this is why I love to have guests like Miguel on the show because you know I here I am on my journey of learning and discovery and and introducing topics to you guys and uh you know miguel is somebody he's an author he's a podcast host uh he's just an all around intelligent and smart guy and uh and you know his show is uh aeon Byte, is is amazing i i recently was uh listening to a few episodes and it's all just about all these things that i'm deeply deeply interested in uh so go and check out his show uh of course after you listen to this episode um and uh, yeah, I think you'll be pleasantly uh, engaged. Uh, I think you'll be you'll really enjoy it. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similarities between the things that we talk about. Um, and he has some really great guests on his show, uh, and that's one of the things that you know finding guests for these shows sometimes can be a little bit difficult. Um, sometimes they just happen to fall on my lap, which is great. But I really do. I'm not trying to find, you know, I just want to have interesting conversations with people who are intelligent, open and who really want to, you know, take their masks off and get to the depths of the human psyche and the human soul and, you know, you know, dive into, you know, just dive fully in. I I I like I said, I wish I had a better better uh, command of the, of language to 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 articulate that better. But what I mean is just people who really want to throw down, you know. I mean I love any t- I anytime I'm out and about uh you know if I'm at a party or if I'm you know at a bar or whatever there's nothing better that I like doing than just diving in deep with somebody just jump like let's just jump in and let let's just be real and let's just talk like you know with no holds bar just all in and um yeah Miguel's definitely one of those guys man I mean it's just like it's such a joy to to be connecting with people like that. You know, it's, it's always anytime I'm, I'm sure you guys could probably relate to this. Anytime you get into a conversation with somebody, you can immediately tell like, okay, this person is a little reserved here, a little reserved there. They're they're not going to go down this path. They're not going to entertain this thought. They're not going to, you know, they're a little restrictive. They're a little hesitant, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) boring. I'm out. I'm out. You know, that's, I guess that's probably why I'm kind of leaning more towards the antisocial end, end of things. You know, it's just, I just, I get bored. I get so bored with anything that's like, you know, oh, you know, my 401k or like, you know, these stock picks or like, uh oh, the game. And I don't know, just, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. That's why you're listening. That's why you're here to get that beautiful ear juice all filled up in your extended skin hanging out of the sides of your heads with holes in them and weird little croissant shapes. Your ears, you know. Ear holes. Uh, Yeah, so thanks for for letting me invade your your sensory skin flaps. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a great conversation. Um, And I guess like a, 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 w- w- one of the takeaways that i that I got from this is uh you know there's 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 so much information out there, there's so much knowledge and wisdom, and there's such a diversity of thought and idea, and it's all just being spewed out of these different individuals and all over the globe from all different perspectives, and everybody's perspective is influenced by their own. You know, experience that they've had in their life, and the times they've grown up, and who they were raised by, and the knowledge that they came to, and when they came to the knowledge, and the experiences that they had. So there's, you know, when I say that there's a one and only you, you know, that that it's so it's truer than true. I mean, it's it's really, you know, the power that resides in each and every single one of us is truly unique and truly powerful. And you know, I was I I I think about this a lot because. Um, I love this like Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. I don't have it in front of me, but it, you know the gist of it is basically like, man should learn to 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 recognize that gleam of light that shines across his head from time to time, because you will see it in other people's work, and it will make you, you know, kind of a little bitter that you didn't capitalize on it. You know, it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like that. It's like you know, learn to recognize that gleam of light that appears in your head and, and really, you know, don't, don't really doubt it, you know, go with it, you know, and I, and I, and I see that happen a lot. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes, uh, sometimes, uh, I see stuff that maybe I've said or that I've thought maybe something that I've thought and I didn't act on. And then I see somebody else doing it like, you know, maybe like Dave Rubin or someone like that. And I'm like, damn, I, I had that idea. I didn't run with it, you know. So it's like learning to recognize that that gleam of light that comes across uh, your mind and and acting on it because that intuition, that gut instinct, that feeling that you get, it's informing you of some kind of truth of your being that you should be, you know, called to to act upon. And I think that when we do recognize those those thoughts and we are called to act upon them, it, it sinks us up in alignment and and we produce good things and we. You know, uh, we we make interesting shit happen, and when we make interesting shit happen, people enjoy life more, and things become a little bit more fun and a little less miserable. And I think that's kind of the point of it, of it all. But I think what I've learned from this is that you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there on this, uh, you know, on this gnostic side, gnosticism, end of things. You know, Miguel Connor with his show, Aeon Bite. And the the guests that he has on his show, so I, I think there's a a sort of coalition that could be built among like minded thinkers, you know, like people that are are coming at arriving at truths from different places. And I think that you know one of the things that I touched on that you guys will hear in this show is kind of arriving at arriving at truth and my journey through arriving at truth and becoming kind of a libertarian and, and an anarcho capitalist, and then. You know, exploring with psychedelics and becoming a little bit more spiritual and kind of where that led me. But ultimately, it's it's the same truth from different perspectives. So if we can learn how to, you know, kind of share our our knowledge and 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 build upon what what each other has, that we could really form a a group of of people here that that really are ready to kind of, um, you know, wake up on a on a massive scale. You know, I've brought this up before on the podcast, uh, when I used to do part of the problem with Dave Smith, uh, we had a guest, Gene Epstein on, and he was like, you know, look, things can change. You know, I mean, if you were to tell me, you know, that the Soviet, you know, if you were to tell me and when did the Soviet union collapse 1988, all right, someone remind me on that. Sorry, I wasn't really alive then. So, but, uh, when the Soviet union collapsed, if you were to tell me like, I don't know, just June of like 1988, that the soviet union would collapse you know i i I'd, I'd say you were crazy but it did you know so there's there's these there's things can happen there can be you know there can be a massive shift there can be massive change and it can happen i think there can be a massive awakening i think the the ground is fertile for that right now there's a lot of people who have woken up to a certain kind of level i guess where they're they're upset they're angry you know they things aren't going the way that they want them to go and they're taking action in whichever ways they know how if we can somehow you know introduce them to you know podcasts like this and introduce them to different kinds of 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 thought different kinds of ideas different kinds of of dialogue that's happening and get them to kind of really partner i get you know partner with us and 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 you know join together in some kind of coalition to, of of basically on common ground you know meeting on common ground you know we don't have to worry about all these little kind of diversionary issues that that we seem to get so caught up in all the time if we could really focus on the big issues like if we could just if we could if we can form the debate like if we can get our voices to be included in the conversation where we're always addressing the big issues of you know and in my opinion the big issues are war and peace i mean that's really you know control manipulation oppression subjugation war peace slavery you know these these are the big, big issues—the biggest issues of our time—is you know really like what is happening with uh, what's happening with our world, what's happening in the environments in which we live in, and what's happening to these environments, and then in turn, what's happening to us by being born into these environments. You know, you're being born into these tar pits of toxic uh, culture and and just you know terrible stuff. Is the is the cycle going to continue on and on, or are we going to keep fighting each other from, you know, different ends of the, the spectrum in this kind of uh, partisan nonsense? You know, the, the is that going to happen? Or are we actually going to, you know, meet on common ground and the libertarians and the anarcho-capitalists and the voluntarists and the minarchists and the Gnostics and the psychedelic psychonauts and the spiritual meditators and the love and light warriors, are we all going to say, "You know what? Things have gotten really out of hand. We're marching across the world. Our government is, is an empire. there's people that are suffering, there's children that are suffering. there's people that are starving. Let's focus on the big issues. Let's focus on what really, uh, what really can change the world, and what really can change the world as you'll hear in this episode, in which Miguel, you know, articulates so perfectly is your inner power, your inner strength, it's your individ it's the individuals waking up. And, you know, I think, I think in, in, if I can summarize, you know, this kind of idea of this coalition building, it's really like, look, we're up against something here that's, that wants to squash out the individual that wants to ruin free thought, you know, free expression the you know and 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 the individual individual individualism thinking for yourself right so we have to protect that at all costs and i think that there's a commonality that that can be found in standing up for the individual if you stand up for the individual it doesn't matter what you really i don't care if you like prefer apples to oranges or whatever you know i'm not going <laughs> to i don't care stand up for the individual fight for individual rights fight for you know, be be on the side of morality. Be on the side of of of, you know, the the rights to do you know do unto others as you would have done unto you. I mean, it couldn't have been said any better than that. All right, we're gonna hop into this conversation. It's a great one. I hope you guys listen to the whole thing. And then after you're done, go and check out Miguel's podcast, Aeon Bite. It's a great podcast. Like I said, fantastic guests and Miguel dives very deep into some of the topics that we just scratched the surface on here today. Thank you, thank you so much again to all of you wonderful unique individuals listening to this show. Thank you uh for your support. Thank you for your kind words, you know, the the messages and the reviews I get are a currency in themselves. So, uh if it wasn't for you guys, you know, I might be laying in a alley somewhere with a needle sticking out of my arm. I don't know, maybe. Probably not, but I'd be doing something not productive i'd be doing something definitely not productive all right anyway shout out uh of of the week goes to matt matt thanks for hooking this this up thanks for introducing me to miguel and thank you so much for leaving me a review on itunes uh so i'm gonna read i'm gonna start to read reviews because the reviews are awesome they help the show grow they really help uh the, the way that itunes works you know, the more reviews that you get, the more ratings that you get, the the higher visibility you get. And if you guys feel like I do, and you feel like you want to start building a coalition, you want to start, you know, getting the diversity of ideas out there, you want to start, uh, you know, in, injecting some of this kind of talk to a wider audience to to spread our ideas, to grow our ideas, um, then go on to iTunes and leave me a, a five-star rating and review, and it'll help the show, tremendously help the show. So go ahead and do that. And uh, if you want to go even further, you can go to Patreon.com. And on Patreon.com, if you go to Patreon.com slash Mike M-I-K-E-B-R-A-N-C, you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month. I mean, a dollar a month. Okay? A dollar a month. Really, seriously. If everybody who listened to this show gave a dollar a month, I would be able to do some really incredible things with this show. I mean, higher quality more you know the, I'm always looking to improve the audio quality I'm always looking to incorporate other kinds of things into the show uh one of the things that I want to do is I want to start to be mobile if I can take this show on the road I could come to your town we could set up uh, a we can organize like a meetup and I could throw out the podcast there we could have live Q&A we could have a little party open bar kind of thing and uh you know just 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 hang out get deep You know, rap philosophically, wax wax poetically, and uh, you know that's 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 one of the my ideas is that I want to eventually I want to kind of make this show mobile. I I love to travel. Uh, I want to tell some of my travel stories on this podcast as well. As you guys know, I've been to Peru. I've been to you know uh, Central America. I've been to Southeast Asia. I've been to Europe. I've been I've been to a lot of places. I love to travel. One of my uh, trips that I want to do is I want to travel uh, around, uh, around the Pacific Northwest kind of area of the country. I've never been there. So it would be really cool to go ahead and do that. And if I could podcast while I'm traveling, that would be awesome. I'd love to come out and meet some of you guys, do a, a live podcast, do a show, do a party. And, uh, and then I would have, you know, I could even go to, uh, meet with, uh, some bigger name guests, you know, come to them. So I think it would be a really cool thing and seriously, if everybody that listens to the show just gave a dollar a month, we can make things like that happen. I'm working with Psychedelic Milk, Ed Leo. We're doing some big things. Uh, we're doing the Tricasts. One of those, uh, those those episodes are going to be monthly episodes where it's going to be me, Ed, and a, and a and a guest. And so we, I might be able to use some of that money to invest in into that. Maybe get some video stuff, whatever it is. I don't have any sponsors uh, for this show. I could get sponsors, but I don't want to get sponsors. I want you guys to fund what you love, man. You know, help help a brother out. Um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 pretty amazing thing. I mean, it's really you know, voting with your dollar. You know, it's I'm a big believer in that. It's like you know, how do we change the world? I mean, one way is to just start putting your money to places where you actually care about and you believe in. You know, whether it be buying from local farms rather than the supermarket or whatever just any way that you can put your dollar into action and and have an impact and kind of you know like I said before make cool shit happen that would be awesome you would be making some seriously cool shit happen by contributing a little bit of leftover scrap money that you probably probably change that you take out of your pocket what do you have couple quarters, some pennies a nickel, you throw into a jar, or you throw it into your car or something like that. You know, t- save that. Put a little little uh you know, scribble a little psychedelic fund or something like that. Throw it into the psychedelic fund. Dollar a month, 2 dollars a month. I got a whole section of of rewards and stuff too. I want to give shit out. I want to give out free t-shirts. I want to give out stickers. I want to give out all kinds of cool stuff. Um and uh so yeah. So if you have a little bit of extra scratch laying around, you can throw my way if you got some scrilla. You got a little extra cottage in your pocket. I don't even I don't even know are these real terms. You got some you got some bread that that uh is laying around getting stale. You got some Federal Reserve notes that you that you just can't stand looking at because goddamn the Federal Reserve. Uh, you know, get rid of them. Give them to me and I'll put them to good use. We'll spread this message. We'll grow this message and we will uh penetrate through into the minds of the masses anyway thank you again to matt and i want to read his review so uh it's uh quint kid 1873 so much more than just discussions about drug use mike talks to interesting people who come at the ideas of expanding consciousness through a multitude of different ideas and experiences even for someone that doesn't experiment with drugs The show provides tons of insight from different people about the human experience and the world beyond our base sense perception. Definitely recommend. Awesome. So there you go. So we have one of those people on the podcast today. Enough of me. Thank you so much for all your kind words and support. Thanks for contributing to the Micadelic Fund, whether it's liking the show, sharing the show, telling a friend, neighbor, coworker, dog, pet, child, anyone, aunt, teacher, or Going on to Patreon and uh, donating money or leaving an iTunes rating and review, whatever you do. I love you guys uh, tremendously and thank you so much for listening to the show. Without further ado, let's hop into this amazing conversation with the one and only Miguel Connor from Aeon Bite at Gnostic Radio. Miguel Connor, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. Psychedelics are illegal not because. A loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because
1: they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything knows wrong.
0: We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty! The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else.
1: Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Or is perception? Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity.
0: Aeon Byte. I think you guys would have a great discussion. So, I didn't know anything about you or your podcast. I checked it out. I immediately loved it, and uh, really, just really glad that you're you're here today to talk to me.
1: Cool. Thanks. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Same style I do. So yeah, no problem. Welcome to Micadelic.
0: <laughs> so so yeah so so Miguel, you you run a podcast called Aeon Byte Gnostic Radio. What, uh, what is that all about? Uh, I mean, I, I could tell from the title there's something to do with Gnosticism, but uh, maybe for our listeners who are unfamiliar, uh, tell them uh, you know, what this is all about.
1: Yes, A.M. Byte Gnostic Radio, well, it started out once upon a time as coffee, cigarettes and nooses, was uh, my little niche corner in the podcasting world about 10 years ago before podcasts were even big. But I had become interested in Gnosticism, didn't know much about it. So I said, well, gee, what's the best way to learn about something and show it to the world? So I decided to start this podcast. I started at uh, Freethought Media, which was an old, uh, an atheist uh, radio station, internet radio station. And they gave me a slot. And uh, lo and behold, I was very lucky from the get-go to get, with no experience, to get some of the leading scholars in Gnosticism and even Christianity. that included Bart Ehrman, Elaine Pagels, Robert Price, Tim Freak, and others. So it went well. It really just started sort of as a volunteer thing, not even a hobby, but again, a way to sort of give to the world something that I had become interested in, something that was helping me out in my own life. And it sort of grew. Eventually Freethought Media went out of business and I just took it to my own website. And I always thought, well, I'll just keep doing it until I run out of, uh, until we've discovered everything we want to know about Gnosticism. But that hasn't happened. And of course the show Gnosticism, since it's had a very interesting and unique footprint on history, uh, definitely touches upon other topics historically, historical Gnostic groups, uh, groups that they've overlapped with like the Neoplatonists occultists magicians alchemists and so forth and even in modern times Gnosticism definitely overlaps or is influenced or has influenced great characters that I really admire or like and or that, uh, that certainly the public would find intriguing like Carl Jung Philip K. Dick and even uh, some other modern myths or in, or uh, manifestations like uh, the Matrix and other movies. So, to me, after ten years, I find Gnosticism. I find, sorry, I find Gnosticism even more intriguing than ever. In fact, I find it more useful than ever, considering this uh, sort of insane times that we live in. I think the Gnostic attitude two thousand years ago works just as well two thousand years now.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And um, you're lucky that you actually have a great voice for radio, right? I mean, that's a, a, some, yeah, kind of, uh, ser- that. some kind of some kind of serendipity or something. you know it seems that all of us with uh, these podcast voices or radio voices seem to just gravitate towards the field. But yeah, um, and uh, yeah, free free thought uh, media ran out of business. It seems like uh, you know, in this insane world, they're trying to run free thought out of out of business altogether, everywhere. Like you're saying, it's it's been (laughs) it's been it's been crazy. It's you know, it's it really has. And um, that's interesting that you brought that up because I was looking at your website, and we're in the about me section. You were saying that uh, you're trying to bring these ancient connections into modern meanings, and you know, really, I mean, we couldn't. It couldn't be a better time to to inject what you're doing into the conversation. I mean, I'm just looking at some, I listened to a few of your podcast episodes and they're just like, you know, I mean, geez, if anybody wants to just dive into this stuff, start with Aeon Byte and go to Miguel's podcast because... You got some amazing stuff. You mentioned The Matrix, one of my favorite movies of all time. And you had a guest on recently breaking down that in Gnostic context. You had um, uh, other people talking about archetypes and collective unconscious and just all kinds of, of great, interesting things that you know. sadly we don't really experience in the mainstream that a lot of college kids aren't really experiencing because there's insanity happening on college campuses nowadays. So we have to we have to crawl to these corners of the web, so to speak, to uh to find this deep rich uh, amazing content. So um yeah, I mean it's 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 really cool that you're doing this and uh it's it's really informative. I come you. from, you're welcome. Yeah, and I and I come from a place where you know, I think we're going to do this podcast in a way in which maybe you'll be talking to to me and my listeners in a sense where I really don't know that much. So it's like I'm I'm approaching this from almost fresh eyes. I mean, I'm 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 somewhat familiar with with some things, but my knowledge is very very limited. So I'm very interested and I guess learning a little bit about, um, about some of the things that you're, that, that maybe, why don't we start where, I guess, how you got started with all this Bef- before, uh, you know, you mentioned, you said you were at free think with the radio and everything. What really sparked your curiosity, curiosity to explore this subject matter?
1: Well, I've always been, you might say a curious soul. I mean, I was the sort of, uh, loner type geek who played Dungeons and Dragons, listened to rock and roll, smoked too much pot, read science fiction books, uh, always exploring. I was raised Roman Catholic, but we came from, my dad was an atheist, but my mom was a devout Catholic, but she was always very open-minded. It was sort of the ecumenical 70s. So uh, she was, uh, Roman Catholicism was sort of hippie. So with all this combination, I was always searching. I always felt like I was an outsider, For at times, I used to think, well, I was one of those people. I was born in the wrong time. I should have been born in the 60s or, God, I wish I'd been born in the medieval times or this sort of romantic thinking, but always believing I was an outsider. And uh, through my life, I explored uh, other religions, other faiths, kept exploring, trying different things. And nothing's really seemed to work. I would try stuff like Buddhism, and uh, it didn't really answer the questions. I would try things like, uh, well, Hinduism, even atheism for a while. And uh, nothing seemed to work. It's only when I started studying Gnosticism, I said, whoa, these guys really draw the line in the sand with their attitudes. These guys are finally, they are uncompromising they are radical, they've always been radical in any in any in any era in any situation they've been very radical, and they have this sort of intense lucid punk attitude about them, even though in their texts you might think, well, they're just sort of these nice Christians, but when you start reading their works, they're very intense, they're very rebellious, and they really call you to really dig deep into yourself and really take a stand against the world, really to say i mean one of the first, um, you mentioned The Matrix, Mike, and of course, I would tell your listeners if you have, have watched The Matrix, if you really like The Matrix, you have yourself a modern Gnostic gospel there, because blow by blow, that is Gnosticism. How does Neo start? Well, it started out like I did, and so many people start out. He's sort of lost in the world. He doesn't seem like he fit. He's uncomfortable. He's in sort of this existentialist angst, and that's what the Gnostic text always wrote uh, about our plight into this world. We've sort of dropped into this world. We are aliens and strangers in this world, and they use those words, too, in their texts. We are strangers. And, uh, but in the Gnostic text, what happens is you get a revealer as you're searching in your life. And again, people can look at this stuff at the Nag Hammadi Library and their other texts, the Gospel of Mary. uh, Anywhere they want to look, this is sort of their trope or their narrative. And suddenly, there is a revealer, the Gnostics. Well, the scholars call them the Gnostic revealer, the um, the apostle of light. And that takes the form of uh, Morpheus. He suddenly appears from somewhere, and he starts telling him these truths, these hints of something that there is something beyond this reality and that's what the Gnostics contended as those of us who are searching will sort of get this nagging sensation these visions or this Gnostic revealer that comes into our lives and as we begin studying or learning from this Gnostic revealer there comes the the red pill the famous red pill of course in the Gnostics test this takes uh, form in different sort of rituals magical practices and all that and then lo and behold our eyes wake up, that moment of Gnosis, that special knowledge the, knowledge the the Gnostics talked about, when we open our eyes and we realize that we live in a complete false world, an illusionary world, and even worse, this, this world, which is more like bad software, a bad hologram, is ruled by these powerful um, tyrannical agents. The Gnostics called them archons, Greek for prince. Uh even Paul talks about them in the New Testament and his epistles, and they're lorded over by this being called the Demiurge, which is the creator of this universe, and they associated in their text with the God of the Old Testament, because the Gnostics would study the Old Testament and they just couldn't they just couldn't believe that the God of the Old Testament would be the Father of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they thought Jesus was a Gnostic revealer. Mm -hmm. But they also thought other figures were Gnostic revealers, Mary Magdalene. Some in Asia thought it was Buddha and so forth. And as we awaken, we realize that we live in an illusionary world ruled by oppressive powers and that our job is to awaken others, awaken ourselves and transcend this world and sort of become whole human beings, become fully aware, fully alive. And uh, fully ready to get out of this world and take as many people as we can with us to start the fight. Mm -hmm. That's why I like Gnosticism, because it had a very, they were very uncompromising. They weren't like other religions that said, well, we're just going to make the best of it. Well, there's some sort of plan. Well, this isn't so bad. Their attitude from the beginning was sort of like the alcoholic who says, oh, my God, things are really bad. And if I don't change things, I'm going to lose myself. And to the Gnostics, the greatest sin, as the Gospel of Philip says, is ignorance. To be ignorant of your divine nature, to be ignorant of your true home, to be ignorant of the suffering of the world around you is the greatest sin. Mm. And you have to do something about it, release your divine spark, that essence that really belongs beyond the material world to this sort of transcendent God which they call the alien god, the source of everything. That was it was more of an ideal or an archetype that's beyond all the gods of this world. So, in a nutshell, that would be Gnosticism. And for me, obviously, you can see it as a religion. I see it more of a as a metaphysical impulse, as a philosophy. It's something that works on all levels, like the movie The Matrix. People use it as an allegory in politics, in their personal life, they, they use it as a religion. You can use it any way you want. This sort of attitude I think works because as people are finding out in this world, it is sort of a Gnostic world. We live in a world of, as they say, fake news, alternative facts. We live in a world where we really don't know who's pulling the strings, what institutions are not are lying to us or telling us the truth. It seems that there's always these shadowy figures behind everybody. It's like the Gnostics were accused, really, of being the history's first conspiracy theorists, and that's what the church fathers called them. But I think that we're right, and we're finding out in this world that yes, we live in one giant conspiracy theory, and it's a question of finding out who is the man behind the curtain and going our own uh, journey to find what kind of individuals we were meant to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's It's funny because i i relate to that so much you know and i and i i i understand that that journey like that was that was my feeling as well i felt- i always felt like an outsider like i didn't belong like no one understood me I just didn't connect to anyone you know that that kind of thing that you're explaining, and my path kind of took me to you know i got really political and i was in i i became kind of a libertarian anarcho capitalist very you know, very much in in that Ooh, scene.
1: Stuff, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, good vibe, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, and then and then I also discovered psychedelics. I started experimenting with psychedelics at the same time. So I kind of, you know, one of the messages that I just preach on this podcast is like, you know, just radical individualism. You know, I mean that if if I stand for anything, it's you know that you you have the power. It's all about you discovering, you know, your inner power, releasing it onto the world. So I, I guess here I am talking like a Gnostic and not even really knowing it. Um, so it's that's that's interesting to know. What what do you think it is about, um, you know, we're talking about these people who feel like the outsider, who feel like, you know, like myself, like you, like Neo from The Matrix, like other people out there. I, I know my listeners of mine who message me sat with the same kind of sentiment. What is it about... What is it about this world that we live in that, that makes some people receptive to this message of awakening and other people are just totally, it just, it's not even in their purview?
1: That's a good question. I mean, assuming for those who feel like outsiders, it really is a simple um, intuition that we have been programmed since we were born, that everything is a fabrication and a construct to really make us into cattle, to keep everything organized, to keep everything down, to keep every sort of artistic and creative expression uh, pretty much bland, to keep us again, to keep everything run the show running. But it's obvious that this is that this is not a good thing, and it's obviously that things are being mismanaged. Whether we looked at our world, we can almost feel. That things just aren't right. There's something wrong with society. And some, the Gnostics would say there's just something wrong with the universe. We're cast down in this universe where every form of life depends on the suffering, death, and consumption of another form of life. Where the laws of nature sometimes don't make sense at all. And the, everything seems there's a randomness and an almost like a cruelty in animal nature, in the animal kingdoms, and in human societies. So this sort of nagging to the to those who are sensitive, it just doesn't make sense. And it's a matter about asking questions and getting there. It's almost like there is something that we have forgotten. That's what the Gnostics talk about. We have forgotten who we really were before we were cast into flesh, before we were thrown into the society. And it's about remembering what our what our uh, what our destiny is, what our true potential is. So that that just makes people feel, of course, that they are lost. Other people, well, sometimes it's just easier to to just sell out. I mean, ignorance is bliss. I mean, it's nice just to have a nine to five, uh, an iPhone that works, uh, go on your social media feed and sort of think that you are part of something wonderful. But that's not really what's happening. I mean, anybody with any sensitivity knows that this there is most of life is suffering in one way or another from the animal kingdom to the people. I mean, Buddha said life is suffering. That is, there is a pain that's going around. And it's a question, are you going to numb the pain with uh, the tools that society has given you, whether it's that drugs or television or something else? Or are you going to try to break out and find some deeper answers, look beyond from some, some sort of peace, find out who you are, And what kind of individual you are and how you can best serve others. So I see that's it. I mean, you were talking about, yes, about finding who you are. The Gnostics always talked about finding your inner Christ. They said, you must become a Christ in this world or nothing else really matters. Don't worry about heaven. Don't worry about hell. Don't worry about anything else. Become a Christ in this world. And then you can really make the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty good message. Uh, to hear, like, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, you know, I, I am not a religious person, but I get, I did grow up Roman Catholic like you. And, and my parents, um, you know, still my dad actually, he, you know he got into a car accident a couple of years ago and it kind of reinforced his faith you know because he survived and he considered it to be an act of God and whatnot and you know it's I, I I was kind of like a militant atheist for a while and I would argue and yell at them and stuff and you know you'd go nowhere talking to a brick wall when you're doing that you know people usually don't respond to angry atheists uh but <laughs> But but I you know I I went to go see him on Father's Day. He did this thing at the church, so I went to go see him to kind of show him a sign of support. Uh, and it, it's just it was interesting because it was the first time really being in a church for me in a long time, maybe like ten years or something like that. And it's just interesting in 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 the way that they go about their teachings and the way that there's a real hierarchy there and there's a real kind of you know it's almost like these, 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 the, I, I believe that Jesus was kind of a Gnostic, you know, revealer, Gnostic t- teacher. And it seems to me that that the message of find the Christ within inside you is a, is a great message to, to tell to people, you know, and then, you know, I'm listening to this stuff in this church and I'm just looking at these people as they kneel and as they stand and as they sit and I'm, you know, and as this, this constant question is like, is this, is it good is it good that they believe in this? Is it good to believe in something? Is this making them a good person, or is it like, well, these people are just a bunch of fools? You know, this is just just as crazy. I need to wake these people up. I need to run on that stage, grab the microphone from the priest, and tell them that they're all slaves. You know, how, what what is the <laughs> is there a balance? Is there an acceptance? You know, it's 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 just it's it's very vexing to me.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's never an easy thing. I would say. The question that the Gnostics would ask is, are you free? That's what it started. The the ultimate quest in uh, their texts beyond self-knowledge is liberation. Are you a free person? What you're doing today is not making you free. When you read historically, before the church wiped them out and other uh, uh, governments wiped them out, um, you find this mess you find this sort of uh, mixed soup of people who did many things. They did many rituals, they were part of many cultures. They weren't really it was hard to find out who the Gnostics were. They were almost like chameleon, they were they just blended in into their cultures, into their societies. But what you find is they sort of adopted things and these rituals. In order to find liberation, what made them dangerous at the end of the day wasn't because they were radical or grabbing microphones or anything like that. In fact, the church fathers used to get mad because they'd go up to them and said, Do you believe in Christ? This and that. And they would just nod and say, Oh, yeah, sure. And they would go, Well, do you believe in this? And they'd look at them and say, Oh, yeah, sure. And then they just walk out and do their own thing on the weekdays because, again, they were interested in an inner transformation and they knew that the most dangerous place they could have was their or the most dangerous weapon they could have was their ideas and once they started writing their ideas and spreading those out people knew who the gnostics were and they became too much trouble because again they were preaching this these notion of um, liberation individuality transcending the world and so forth So what I always tell people is like, look, whatever you want to do or look like or be, that's fine. But are you free? Do these things make you free? And uh, sometimes I go to church and I just interpret the service the way I want to, or I go out and I just, I interpret things the way I want it, or I find things that make me free as an individual. At the end of the day, again, it's how I express my ideas through the podcast, through my books and so forth. That's what matters. But at the end of the day, is <clears throat> it's a good question. I mean, I don't know how many of those parishioners are free or not. And I don't know how many people are free. I just, uh, I just like you, I just broadcast this stuff. And when people come to me, I try to answer their questions. And uh, hopefully I can help them find things that will bring them bliss, that will bring them freedom, and that will eventually make them more complete uh, individuals. That's pretty much all I can do. I mean, the Gnostics would say is, look, we are in this bad software world. We are in a giant machine that uh loves to devour people that loves to create uh, slaves. We really can't fight the machine as much as uh what's the name of that song <laughs> rage against yeah. the machine the band that I like a lot right we really can't you can rage against the machine, but the machine's going to win at the end of the day is how many people can you liberate and how free can you be? How free can you be? I mean, wasn't it George Orwell who said, uh, in times of universal deceit, speaking the truth is a revolutionary act. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it. Speak the truth, walk the truth, and you are really a revolutionary.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Uh, it, it, and it's, it's interesting in this time that we're living in now. I mean, you know, there's an ancient Chinese proverb that says, "May you live in, in interesting times." I mean, you know, some people would think of that as like, uh, you, know, you know, like, "Oh, wow, exciting, interesting times." But you know, I, I, interesting times now, you could you can become almost overwhelmed with if you go on your Facebook news feed and you go and you you listen to you know mainstream news or whatever. It's like the world is falling apart. Like we're living in hell. This is chaos. Like what the hell is happening? And you know, especially with what's happening, I guess on you know, college campuses across America, this kind of uh, invasion of the postmodernist uh, social justice warrior mentality of of, of people. Um, are, are you are you familiar, kind of, of what what's happening? This seems to be. It seems like to me. And I, I kind of, you know, when I used to do my political show, as on this other show that I, we we used to do, kind of current events and political topics, uh, covering the election and whatnot, stuff like that and the culture. But it seemed like to me that this is, this is like the hot thing that everybody wants to talk about nowadays. This is the hot, you know, thing that there's these social justice warriors in college campuses and they have these safe spaces and they're, you know, they're, they're restricting free speech. They're shouting people down and they're, you know it's coming from these humanities departments from these ideologues from these kind of marxist philosophies and and uh and it's kind of infecting the the or the minds of the youth and they're you know, becoming like these insane lunatics, like they're insane asylums, essentially. And so now, what, <laughs> what, what? What? And so now, what we have is we have a lot of intelligent people who are opposing them, and they're you know coming out with these you know videos, and it's just this it's this ping pong of back and forth, kind of smacking down arguments, smacking down arguments, kind of putting trying to put these people in their place. And it seems like to me, it's just like God, this is just like such like a battle. Like I kind of want to take myself out of this battle a little bit and talk about something that's a little bit higher up. I don't want to get caught in the trap of battling these these ideologues. What kind of lessons can we take from Gnosticism? What kind of things can we take from, you know, your perspective in implementing it into kind of trying to spread truth, trying to crack through this insanity?
1: Well, first I would say it's if you read the Gnostic texts, the rulers of this age, and again take this as religious, philosophically, literally as you want. Uh, Some people think that the Archons are aliens. It it really doesn't matter. This is a again, it's a it's an attitude, a metaphysical impulse. But when you read their texts, their power comes from a divide and conquer, splitting human beings, splitting the divine spark, and making them basically fight against each other that's what i see in these college campuses and all this all these protests it's uh it's a divide and conquer Uh, while people on the street are fighting even though it seems all sides don't like the state the 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 state is up there counting their money starting their wars and just running things as they always are so it's a brilliant strategy but that's the way it is right i mean college campuses are places for social engineering The TV we watch are places for social engineering. The media, it's one machine for social engineering. These are all things to, uh, again, make us asleep, make us divided, and ultimately make us uh, ignorant. It seemed the Internet was this great democratic medium, but once the, the, the powers that be, the powers and principalities figure that out, They decided, well, we're just going to flood them with so much information they won't know what happens. But the rules haven't changed, whether it's in the 60s or the 50s or 2,000 years ago. There are those few in power. They're the ones pulling the strings. They're the ones that are creating this divide and conquer uh, mechanism. They're the ones who are trying to keep us asleep and numb, whether it's prescription drugs or television or our Facebook feeds. And the Gnostic attitude is the same. What saves us? Gnosis, Greek for knowledge. Knowledge is always what's going to save us and what's going to liberate us. Knowing ourselves deeply, how we act from uh, knowing basically that we are program robots, that we are constructs. You and I, 99% of us is just, uh, it's, uh, it's the culture around us, our parents, uh, education system. It's, it's false. It's not real. What is that 1% that is true? When you know yourself, you'll find out what that 1% is true. And that is a part of you that can reason, that can think, that can be empathic, and that can create. I always like to say the Gnostics believe in creating better than the creator gods who created this false world. We can create better worlds and we can express those worlds through our art, our invention, and so forth. So self knowledge, it starts with that that we are constructs, that we are false, that we're being manipulated. And then it's knowing the world outside of us, and that it is being controlled by a few forces, whether these forces are supernatural or the Bilderberg group or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Your journey, find out what your journey is, my journey. I think it leads to liberation and understanding of this world. Once you find out that, then all this misinformation, all this fighting and so forth doesn't seem to make sense because you see everybody is really being manipulated Everybody is being controlled, and the best you can do is perhaps try to wake them up, but first wake yourself up and see how it is. Once you see that attitude and you, as I say, draw that line in the sand, everything becomes clearer because at the end of the day, all that matters is you waking up, you finding peace, and not letting all these forces, all this communication, all this fake news and so forth sway you. The Gnostics, of course, came from the uh, Neoplatonic, Platonic, Platonic, Stoic uh, background in those days. So one thing they would say is, look, if your emotions are getting involved, that's not a good thing. That means somebody is controlling you. Some marketing is affecting you. If if you're feeling indignant, irate, angry like those social justice warriors— somebody is pulling your strings and somebody's manipulating you need to rise above your emotions and go to a place of zen a place of peace where you can actually make decisions and research the right things i mean i like the work very much of uh, jordan peterson oh, yeah. i think his work is excellent against politically correctness and guess what jordan peterson is he's a jungian he is influenced by carl jung Carl Jung was influenced by the Gnostics. It's a sort of deep thinking into yourself, deep thinking into society. And you might say it's a mechanical breaking down and dissecting and deconstructing of society, but it really is a place of empathy because you're trying to understand how this happened, what are the origins, and you keep searching for the truth. And then eventually you will find peace. But again, if your emotions are involved there is a 100% chance that somebody is manipulating you.
0: Yeah, there's some wizard behind the, the Oz.
1: Curtain. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. It's, all, it's all marketing. I mean, 2,000 years ago from the first priest who made the sacrifice to the Romans, there is a marketing machine that's there to control the population. Once you understand this machinery, your emotions won't be controlled. You'll have clarity of thought. And you'll have knowledge about what's going on outside and inside your life yeah
0: it's that's um that's great and it's it's uh it, it really is this kind of i guess you know in the, the waking waking up you know we've taught we've we've said that a couple of times waking up and I feel like I've had kind of maybe several uh you know profound moments in my life that have led you know, I look at it almost as this journey. Like I have, I've had these profound w- awakening moments and then I'm like, oh, this is the thing. And then, oh wait, no, it's not the thing. There's another thing. And then that's, you know, that builds upon the next the thing that comes before it. But I've, I've had these moments of like, okay, well, th- this is the problem. It's the state and it's just, it's just the state and they're the, that they're the evil. And we just got to smash the state. And like, you know, maybe that's true, but also there's, there's this thing where it's like, you, you know, you're talking about the, awakening to your inner inner self your inner power and and this this individual kind of journey that you have to go through um and so it's it's almost like and so when i was mentioning to you before about how i got involved in these kinds of two camps on one side kind of more of like a right wing libertarian anarcho capitalist camp and on the other side a psychedelic kind of spiritual camp, and the psychedelic spiritual camp, you know, very much infused with like Buddhism of kind of just inner peace, accept the way things are, it's all in your mind, these are all constructs, we just have to accept it. And then the other one is like, no, 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 there's this outside mechanism, and we need to address this outside mechanism. So I guess what I'm trying to get at, the the question that that I'm I'm trying to form here as as I'm talking about this is... It, it, you know there there is this there is this inner discovery that we need but there is also these outer things that are happening so it's like how do we balance that or how, maybe how do, how do you balance that you know how do you kind of go about your day and balance that kind of knowing that there are these uh, these forces that are out to do evil out there but at the same time you know you're not going to just grab a sword and a shield and march on Washington and slay the dragon. (laughs) Although we would like to, I mean, I think that's why we, we enjoy movies like the matrix and we enjoy all these hero stories, you know, where, where we get to be the hero and stuff. So it's like, you want to, you want to make sure that you address that problem, but at the same time, it's important to do work on ourselves as well, because I, I'm nowhere, I'm nowhere near being, you know, like, complete or solved or you know figuring everything out. You know, I'm trying to improve myself every day. So how do you how do you bal- how do you go about balancing this?
1: I drink a lot of caffeine. That's about <laughs> it. I smoke a lot of cigarettes. No, no. Um yeah, you're right. It it does seem overwhelming, especially as you say you awaken. I mean, look again, we can go back to the Matrix. Neo took that red pill and it, he was on a brutal journey. I mean, the brutal journey just started. I mean, when you wake up, it seems the world will throw everything at you. And, of course, he will become your your, your worst own enemy because, again, there's so much inside of you that's false that you got to go through. But this is a lifelong process. I always try, and I get, again, like you, I get overwhelmed. The best that I can do today is simply... Um, Create something interesting. I mean, I always like what Neil Gaiman said. Try to leave the world a little bit more interesting than the one than the one you were. And uh, I know Gandhi said, uh, be the strange. Be. I'm sorry. Gandhi said, be the change you want to see the, in the world. Although it, I don't think he really said it. But it's a very cool quote. Uh, I think uh, I like uh, always saying, be the strange you want to see in the world. Huh. Be interesting. Be unique. Create beautiful stuff touch somebody, and don't worry too much about marching on Washington. I mean, that's the whole idea. We get grandiose, we get too idealistic, we fall right into the trap. Help somebody today. What does Jesus say? What you do for me, you do for the least of my brothers. Help somebody out in the alley, help somebody in your house, and then work your way from there because the journey is not going to end. I mean, the Gnostic texts talk about, again, with Neo, these, uh, these luminaries, if people wake up would go on these amazing flights through different heavens. It was like a video game and there's a boss at every heaven huh. and they got to fight this boss with magical battles or special prayers. And then they'd get to the next level and an even more powerful boss would show up a powerful archon. So that's the way it is, is this trying to break out through these levels little by little, try to have a lot of faith because once you've awakened, things are going to work out, not as you want to, but as they should. And again, Keep with the journey of self knowledge because there's so much about yourself you need to discover. You haven't even started. Through years, most of us only hit one or two percent. I think that's what uh, Carl Jung really loved the Gnostics. He said they were history's first depth psychologists because their texts are really about digging deep into yourself, really going inward, but also going outward into journeys. Um, mystical flights and so forth, but they also had a very uh, Christian sensibility. They were huge into charity. They believed into helping the poor, uh, helping others, and just being as kind as possible. And that's one of the greatest challenges in our time. Any one of us can go out there with a sign and start, you know, marching and maybe throw like a what a throw a tire thing at a professor or something strange like that. And really get and let our again become slaves to our emotions, which is exactly what the archons are. But just to be nice, smiling, and kind to others, to listen to their pain, to understand where they're coming to, coming from, because at the end of the day, they really are a mirror of us. They really are suffering like we are suffering. And in a way, we all want to get out. Like I said, all these groups fighting on the street and complaining, they all, I think everybody knows that the problem is the state. We can't agree on how to fix it, but. I think we know that at the top, there are some very psychotic monsters who are running the whole show, and they are the real problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that, you know, there's, we have this reactionary culture that we live in now where it's like, oh, someone said something. All right, we got to react to it immediately. Everything is so, such an immediate reaction. There's no, internalizing analyzing and deep thought I mean that you know that stuff happens but you don't see that on Twitter so much you know it just, and you know you don't see that out on yeah, the street well, social
1: media is yeah it's it's ruining our that's pro, that's part of the machine is that right. it's ruining our attention spans it's ruining our ability to be empathic yeah I mean we just go nuts and we say mean things on uh, the common section of YouTube or something like that and slowly slowly we start losing our humanity when it's much better just to go out there and help the guy on the alley who might need some food or something or make a human connection out on the street. So that's, that's also part of the machinery. So you you have to be careful, but that's what they've done today. They're basically destroyed our minds. So again, with that divide and conquer thing where everything's divided into two and it's me against you and I hate you and it's either Trump or Hillary or whatever it is, Republican, <laughs> Democrat, and we are in this sort of dualistic trap and it's a horrible trap. And I would say, I don't think it's destroying civilization. It's going to create just more serfs, more slaves, and there'll be a few elite in their little cities and towers counting the money while we count our blessings because we live in such a wonderful world. <laughs> Those bastards.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, you're so right when you say help the guy on, on the court. I mean, it's like, you know, I feel like I've, everybody just gets so grandiose with their ambitions and with their, you know, with their, I guess, striving to be, uh, you know, make an impact or have a Twitter following or whatever it is, you know, it just seems like there's, there's, you know, the internet can be a great thing, or it could also be a terrible thing. I happen to think that podcasting is such a great thing you know i mean that's why i love doing this i love getting into these kinds of conversations with people like you and and you know you have the amazing people you have on your show as well so there's this deep rich media that's out there you just have to go and and find it but what we see at the surface you know it's like everybody wants to kind of go to this worldly level well, what about your community? What about, you know, helping, what about help yourself and then help the people around you? And I think that's so important. I yeah. think that's one of the things that's gotten away from me for a long time. I, I've definitely had, you know, grandiose ideas, but really, I mean, helping the people around you, helping your family and your community is so important. I love this. Uh, I think it was a TS Eliot that said like, we shall not cease from exploration." Uh, at the end of exploring we'll arrive where we started and know the place for the first yeah, time. Great poem. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. I love that because it's like you know it's kind of like you know you're seeing you're seeing the same place in which you began with new eyes with a new perspective and and knowing it in a different way and uh and I think that has a lot to do I mean especially with you know a lot of people that that I know they're they're kind of they seem like they're on this this journey they've they've left somewhere where they started and they're, they're going and they're striving for these big, big things. But I do believe that there, there are these values, these morals that we can take out of these texts, like teachings of, of Jesus and things like that, that we can put into uh, a modern context to actually, to actually help ourselves. I mean, I think a lot of people out there would be receptive to this idea if only they were exposed to it. Uh, I want to talk a little right. bit, of, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about, um, your author of a couple of books, uh, voices of Gnosticism, other voices of Gnosticism, uh, and then, uh, a novel series, I think, right? Stargazer, Heretic, uh, Heretic, is it? Or, uh, Heretic. Right. Yeah. And, uh, The Executioner's Daughter. So, so yeah, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty impressive. We've got a lot of books here. Uh, talk, talk about, um, some of the influences for, for these books. I, I know you mentioned, uh. The, or we were talking a little bit about the Gospel of Thomas, right? So this is this seems to be something that you mentioned before. There, there's the hidden, swept away. So uh, I, I'm interested to know, you know, the, I guess, where, how did these, who, who first of all, talk a little bit about the Gospel of Thomas and I guess some of these Gnostic texts. And then how did they get like, you know, Swept away and kicked under the rug. I mean, I guess I could imagine how, but maybe for our listeners, to explain <laughs> a little bit uh, in detail about that.
1: Well, contrary to what uh, everybody's been told, <clears throat> Christianity did not start as sort of the apostles getting the Holy Spirit and all this other wonderful stuff, and the churches sort of sprouted around, and the mean Romans persecuted them. And then at some point, Constantine saw saw the light, and then the um, then Rome turned Christian. No, that's that's really not what happened. Again, the Gnostic uh, impulse always says everything you've been told is a lie. Start with there. That's your default. I like Start that. Start with that on everything. Even when you wake up in the day, you know, be grateful. You have a chance to be helpful. But everything you've been told is a lie. The day is a lie. Find the truth. And as we're finding out so much, and again, we can just go to. Uh, social media and the political um, atmosphere today. But history is mostly a lie. It was Alan Moore, who uh, a writer I really liked, who said all history is fiction. And he's right because we've been given propaganda. Uh, The Gnostics would say all of reality is propaganda. There's a, it's not nothing that we've seen in history is what it is. So Christianity has started very fluid with a lot of groups, a lot of ideas spreading around. And, uh, one of those groups, and they might be pre-Christian, there's some evidence of that, were the Gnostics. They had a different attitude. They didn't see Jesus as somebody who had died for our sins, but they saw him again as a Gnostic revealer, as somebody who imparted the mysteries of the universe and came to wake us up to our true selves. And the Gnostics started writing their own texts, and other groups of Christians, everybody was writing their own texts, because again, they were having visions. They were doing all these rituals, were giving them altered states of mind and so forth, Um, all Christians. Mm -hmm. And uh, these texts began to, uh, you might say, separate themselves as a nascent church began to emerge as individuals said, hey, we need to franchise this new religion. We need to create a corporation. We need to get organized. But Some of these texts are just too unruly. Some of these texts are speaking the wrong kind of Jesus that we would see. So we're going to outlaw these texts. and Not even outlaw, but we are going to appropriate them. If you read scholarship, uh, texts like the Gospel of John are very Gnostic. Jesus is going around saying, I am, and I am the light of the world. The world will hate you because you believe in me. The world doesn't like you. It will reject you. Very Gnostic things. And they appropriate the Gospel of John, even Paul. Paul has some very Gnostic ideas. He talks about the God of this world, the ruler of this world. He talks about the wisdom, the hidden wisdom, and how we must awaken to this other God that the Jews and the Gentiles haven't seen. And as with this uh, movement of appropriation and using their own texts, and of course coalescing into more organized church, Because as many have said, the Gnostics were the original anarchists, something that I can relate with them, because they were so individualistic, they didn't believe in the state, and they believed that each person should really find their own path or their own little community. Eventually, the Gnostics were sort of the outside looking in as uh, Christianity became uh, more powerful, more organized, and it became backed by the state. The Gnostics were on the outside looking in. And most of their texts were destroyed, banned. Uh, the Gnostics were persecuted. This has happened throughout history. But some of these texts survived, either usually in Egypt for the most part. And the biggest cache of these texts were buried in jars and basically spent uh, almost 2,000 years discovered in Nag Hammadi Library in Upper Egypt. And they were brought out, discovered in 1945 when um, the first atom bomb was dropped. And around 1979, we got the first English translation, which has given the world sort of a new perspective on what happened on Christianity. So the Nag Hammadi Library has all these texts that include the Gospel of Thomas, although the Gospel of Thomas was found separately and other texts. And it gives us a good view, not only of how fluid Christianity was, but the, all the different Gnostic sects and what they believed in, their, so their rituals and so forth. The Gospel of Thomas is a bit different because... It's not really gospel in the traditional sense where it says, Jesus went did this, this, that. It's just these wisdom sayings of Jesus, like saying, you know, when you discover the words from my mouth, you will not taste death. The Gnostics like to use death as sort of a aphorism for ignorance. And when you see the light within you, you will go to the light. And all these, it's about 117 sayings of Jesus that sound a lot like the New Testament, but some are very unique and very different. And out of that, there's many other Gnostic Gospels, the Gospel of Mary, the Gospel of the Egyptians, and so forth. So it's it's a big array, and even today, scholars are just catching up to uh, their teachings and so forth, and what exactly were their theologies.
0: So it's kind of a relatively uh, new kind of re- remembering, I guess, of these older texts, because they were found after some time of being lost and buried, right?
1: Correct. I mean, the church fathers had written about the Gnostics and sometimes uh, saved when the writing saved entire Gnostic texts, but we still didn't get an original view. And the church fathers used to sometimes exaggerate and they had their own bias of what the Gnostics were doing. Sometimes they were right. I mean, some Gnostics were into sex magic. Somewhere into uh, just chilling out at church, some and other things, but uh, it was still a little skewed. So, with the Nag Hammadi Library and the Church Father writings we get a really good view of Gnosticism. And even before 1984, like I said, Carl Jung was influenced by them. He seems to have gotten a lot of their their essence and ethos. And you have writers like Philip K. Dick, uh, even before that, William Blake. William Blake, very Gnostic in his ideas and so forth. Their essence still survived in history and came out. But we'd say it's only just begun because, again, 1979, the text are out in English, that is i mean when you think of the centuries that people have spent studying uh the bible the quran all these you know all these texts even the odyssey uh 30 40 years is a drop in the hat
0: yeah i mean maybe that's why i mean there was you know the the middle ages right maybe they did maybe they they had so much pain and suffering because there's a loss of uh wisdom you know the, there's this this buried wisdom or something i don't know but it, it it's but is,
1: yeah we're, yeah, wisdom's a good word because the Gnostics did one of their main heroines was this uh, goddess called Wisdom. She was the, the like in the in the myth, Zeus has a headache and he loses Athena, he loses his wisdom, so that's why he's sort of a jerk. The Gnostics thought that the wisdom of God had fallen from the true God and come down to earth, and she was lost, and she was sort of with us looking but she was still lost and it was up to humanity to bring her out to show her to the world. That was one of their great allegories. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, there's so
0: many great uh, little stories like that. that uh, I feel like we don't really produce much of this today. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit ignorant to it, but it, 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 I guess I'm I'm talking more in kind of the mainstream view. I mean, I don't know. The mainstream just seems to be Filled with such shit, <laughs> so so maybe. But it just seems like these, these. Maybe
1: that's yeah. That is. I think you hit it on the head. My that, again, that's part of the social engineering is yeah. to sap out every sort of creativity or individuality from our society. I mean, there is a reason why rock music sucks. I mean, every time somebody like David Bowie or Prince dies, there's nobody in the wings waiting. There's nothing. It's like. Katy Perry goes crazy after a few albums. I mean, it's just, there's a dryness, a desert of the real in this society, and that's how they're destroying us. So more than ever, it's really important that we look within and we try to become Christ in the flesh today.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. And that's, you know, and you talk uh, about the light. And, 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 you know, discovering the light. And I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes where you talk about, you know, beyond the stars and, you know, the, your website is the God above God. And it's, it's interesting. I, I talked about this on my show. I did this, uh, I went to Peru and I, and I did this ayahuasca ceremony and, uh, I had this experience where I like became like a star in the sky. You know I mean? That's the only, that's the best way I could describe
1: it. so Yeah, that. Yeah. Happened to me. Same, yeah, same ritual. I was up there with the stars. Ritual. I knew there was something out there. It was just, it was more than a hallucination. Wait. I'm sure it was the same with you.
0: Oh, you got to talk. All right. So t- please tell us what, 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 what happened
1: oh that's uh i was uh not in peru i went i was in portugal where i'm from oh okay great. and my uncle is a you might say an elder of this group called santo daime from brazil oh yeah and They I do know, Ayahu- daime, yeah. ayahuasca yeah. so sure. i did a lot of i did a lot of rituals there and it's very christian you just sing all these hymns and all this fun stuff but you're you're doing the daime as they call it and uh I did several rituals and then one of them, yeah, I I mean, the things I saw were amazing through these rituals, but it's also brutal. I think that's the point we're talking about Gnosis is that ayahuasca, like having Gnosis and the Gnostics, you really look at yourself and you almost hate yourself because every fear, every construct of your life gets thrown in your face and you're like, whoa, there is something to me that's more than this. I know there's more to me like that. And suddenly through these rituals, you're you're leaving your body and you're just floating into these other weird dimensions. And there were so many synchronicities that happened when I was doing that, just weird stuff that would happen that I knew this was more than again just uh, your regular hallucination. It just uh yeah, I saw some weird stuff and it was it was it was really great. But again, that is very much like the Gnostic experience, transcending the world and looking at the stars in that sort of brutal way where ayahuasca makes you face every demon inside of you and confront it and sometimes you feel so lost and then there's something about you just confronting them this peace comes and it sort of wipes it all away and you just have this overwhelming sense of peace so that in itself is yeah that's the gnostic experience right there so it looks like you've been there mike you've had your gnosis
0: yeah yeah i sure did um yeah and it was it was it was difficult actually to like walk away from it like like to like come out of it I, after i had this big experience i was like whoa like i just like i don't even like i don't even know if i could like go back to my like normal life right now like this is crazy <laughs> well eventually you know you do but but it's about taking what i had learned like you know i i went, I went through a, it was like a course of 2 weeks and there was all these different ceremonies so it was like whatever happened in those nights there was always this learning and this understanding this like you said, facing these demons, you know, a lot of people. I think you know, in this show, we talk about psychedelics a lot, and and a lot. I think a lot of people who who come from an outside view think that it's like, oh, you're just you know having these crazy trips and hallucinating. What do you see in dragons or something? And it's like, well, no, it's <laughs> it's a lot more than that. And I think it's you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a lot deeper than that. Like, it, it's not really i mean it is i guess hallucinatory in a, in a certain sense but it's not it's it's, yeah, of it's, course. it's it's realer than real almost you know during the experience it feels realer than real like for me a lot of the times i feel so in my body and then i feel so out of my body i feel such like an animal and then i feel such like a cosmic being you know what i mean it's this kind of dualistic state of uh of of wrestling and battling this journey this process but in the end there's always, like you mentioned, there's like a synchronicity that happens. Like like you were doing that for a reason, things that were being revealed to you or being revealed to you for a reason. And I'm sure you, I mean, did you get any, I mean, did you get some kind of uh, truth or wisdom or did you put some pieces together from that experience?
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's I just started learning about Gnosticism and I saw this vision of this uh, being called Abraxas, which Carl Jung also saw or experienced and then i knew that there were a lot of things that happened i mean when i was doing out of body my aunt who had a, a broken leg and lived like down the road came just ran into the church and grabbed me because she she had sensed that i was going to leave the my body forever and things like that i mean some of the you know things moving things people telling me stuff that only thought i heard in my head there was just a lot of going there was just so much going on there and i'm sure you've experienced and and that's the key i think for getting in society too we need to experience things part of gnosis is not just using your head and it's not just at your your good actions those are great too but what experiences are you having are you having deep meaningful experiences with the world with those around you with higher entities that's what we've forgotten because again with all this social media all this uh, weirdness in our country tearing us all these uh, social engineering we've forgotten simply to experience the world as it is and all its wonders and terrors and seeing how much there is outside that can really transform us so i think that's the other thing that we're missing and with the ayahuasca it may sound weird to us, like you and I, because we had some amazing experiences, but you know what? Somebody like my uncle in his church, they do that every week, and it's no big deal. They live with it, people in the amazons they're experiencing life on life's terms, life as it is, they're experiencing every facet of life and every facet of themselves in its fullness in the inward and outward journey, and that's what we're missing and i don't I wouldn't say. Everybody go to ayahuasca. You can find these experience in so many different ways. You know, R- draw, a painting, take up meditation, uh, take up knitting. Any, find out what gives you the great experience that you need to wake up even more every day.
0: Yeah, volunteer at a soup kitchen, help some people. I, I mean, I always yeah, get it. Yeah, whatever
1: rocks your boat. Whatever yeah. rocks your boat. Everybody's different. Right. That's that's. There is no one size fit all. No matter what the rulers of this world tell you. There is no one size fit. All different things work. Some people, yeah, maybe going to church works and you do get an experience in a mystical state and you come out just a better person, more liberated, less in your skin. Maybe it's ayahuasca. Maybe it's the soup kitchen. Maybe it's doing podcasts, but find out what works for you and make sure it works.
0: It's a great message. And, uh, you know, I agree with that a lot. I think that, uh, you know there's 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 a kind of tolerance that I can get down with, and it's a tolerance of the diversity of individualism and and, and direct experience having honoring the individual and respecting you know one's one's rights one's you know birthright to, to to experience have experiences uh to themselves and formulate their own opinions and their own thoughts and and come to their own conclusions I think that's that's what uh what it's all about so uh two more questions for you, and then you know I know we're heading up on an hour here and we'll let you go. Uh, uh, one is t- tell, I guess, tell people a little bit, I-, I guess, about your podcast and then, and then just, I guess, I guess maybe one thing that, uh, people that most people don't know or that they need to know, or, uh, you know, some kind of misconception or, or something like that, that is, it seems to be coming up a lot. Like what's the one thing that you seem to have to kind of always tell to people or explain, you know, that, that, and then, uh, and then one more question for you after that.
1: It, did that Good co- question, because I'm always I'm always dealing with misconceptions on a daily basis. But yeah. for my side, go to uh, yeah dot You'll find am by to my blog, my articles, videos, uh, anything else. Uh, feel free to join our mailing list or shoot me an email if you have questions. I mean, uh, as far as misconceptions, I mean, people always thought that the Gnostics were world haters, and they weren't world haters because again they had a huge compassion for the world because they were the ones who woke up and said, man, things are really bad. Animals are suffering out there. People are suffering. The gods, everybody, every blade of grass is suffering and screaming in pain. We need to do something about it. They were just very harsh and direct and pointed with their criticism, but they were not world haters. Again, if anything, they truly had found that they were coming from a place of great love And they really wanted things to be better, but they also knew the limitations of their own flesh. They knew the limitations of other people's flesh. So the best they could do is create better than the creator gods, as I say, make better art than other people, make things more interesting. And uh, again, just uh, be as imaginative and as kind and as nice as you can and continue on the journey inward. So that's a big one is that they were world haters.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mean, and obviously they're not, you know, uh, and we, you know, you've like you've said, you know, being kind, you know, doing things for others, and helping people locally around you. And that's that's a great message. Uh, okay, last question. I, I usually a- ask this one. It's uh, kind of almost like a utopian level type of question, uh, but it basically is like you know we're all on the on this journey. We're all seeking truth. We're seeking wisdom. You know, if we, if we had our way, what would the, what would your vision of the world look like? Like what would an ultimate vision of the world for you look like?
1: Oh boy, that is a good one. I don't want to say anything because, uh, again, like you were talking about, everybody thinks that their own God in this, uh, social media world, we've all decided we're as, haughty and as arrogant <laughs> as a god of the old testament that yeah. there is no god but me but i would say that a simple world of utopia is a, a world where children no longer have to suffer in a world where nobody has to hurt children if we start there we're in a good place amen amen
0: to that well, thank you so much, Miguel, for, for being on the show. Uh, it was a real pleasure. Uh, go to thegodabovegod.com. Check out Miguel's podcast, on Bite Gnostic Radio. Check out his books, other Voices of Gnosticism, Voices of Gnosticism, the Stargazer uh, series. Uh, uh, all this good stuff can be found at The God Above God, right? And uh, Aeon Bites, the Gnostic Radio, where you can listen to Miguel talk to far more interesting people than me. Go and, go and listen to Miguel's <laughs> interviews, guys, and and, uh, and check it out. Um, you know, just... No, for, man, you're doing good work. Man. You're doing good work. He's spreading your <laughs> noses. Thank you. I will. Thank you so much, Miguel.
1: Thank thank you for having me on.